Hi, I'm an unwed mother carrying my cousin's babies, Allison. Um, and I'm currently forming a homoerotic vigilante group, Evan. <laughs> and we are Cheryl's bitches. Was mine one of yours? It wasn't, although oh. I did write that quote down. <laughs> we are here today to discuss chapter 16, The Watcher in the Woods. I have to say, this is like where I feel like season two is picking up with this episode. This episode, I was like, I was not prepared. I forgot how amazing it was. The, we'll get to it, but the like monologue in this episode, if you will, <laughs> maybe some of the greatest Riverdale writing of all time. Like I, I didn't I, write it down just because I didn't I did. think I could do it justice. I legit spent 10 minutes of my life transposing this monologue into my notes. Oh, well, speaking of, the episode starts with, I just wrote down Kevin fucking in the woods. I started writing, so I like wrote my notes and it's like Jughead's narration and then the opening line because I thought it was stupid. But then halfway through, I just stopped and in all caps, it's Kevin's cruising the woods. Yes, best episode. God, this oh, episode God. is just iconic. Instantly iconic. Anyways, so Kevin is in fact cruising the woods at night um, when he overhears two gunshots uh, or multiple gunshots, I guess I don't know the exact number. Um, while he's uh, making out with some dude. Um, and they run over and um, Moose and Midge have just been shot and Midge is running towards him screaming and, you know, it's all dramatic. Um, and then Jughead's narration opening says that uh, every fairy tale comes with the same warning and that's good children should never go into the woods alone. Which brings the question of, does, does Jughead have like, basic media literacy skills. I thought you were going to say Jughead is homophobic. Because we'll get to that later. The crux, oh, I mean, the Woods thing obviously has to do with Kevin. And it does also have to do with Moose and Midge, right? Yeah, we're shocked to learn because they were doing bad things in the Woods too. Um, yeah, but... The the it the episode like immediately pans to Veronica in the student lounge, like trying to get or no, she I guess she's first talking um to her parents about this, but mm. she wants to bring the friends over to watch Matchlorette. And this is like her whole arc of this episode is just all about trying to get her dad to like her friends. Yeah. She's going all in on Hiram meeting her Riverdale people. Um, and then there's a short scene where Archie is for some reason like in full football gear with everyone else at practice and Reggie shows up and he's like yo where's the coach it's time to start practice and Reggie's like Moose has been shot and he's at the hospital um, and then explains that apparently Midge didn't get shot because Moose shielded her with his body so he took the brunt of it. 
Yeah, my question on, like, he seems kind of fine for taking multiple gunshot wounds. Think, no, okay, we will get to that later, but this man does not act like he just got shot. I have, a, when is football practice? I just, <laughs> so bless you. Apologies. Um, oh my gosh, everyone, bless Evan. Um, when is football practice? It's like, I think it's before school. When has the football team ever practiced before? I have questions. Whatever. Crew two athletes. Okay. Um. Anyway, everyone is like freaking out at school because then they immediately go to school, which is why I thought it. So like in at school, everyone is freaking out about Moose and Mitch being shot. Um. People ask Kevin like, "Where? Why were you outside? How did you find them?" And Kevin says he was out night jogging. And Betty's face when he says this is incredulous. It was so funny. <laughs> uh, Veronica is not at all interested in the fact that two of her classmates were just shot. She's like, guys, do you guys want to come over for the Matchlorette? Um, Jughead's like, there's a killer on the loose and you're, this is your main concern. Sorry. Okay, so Jughead says this and my first thought was he's one of those people on twitter when people are like i my favorite part of my day is sitting with my husband and like drinking a cup of coffee and people respond to be like i have to work 27 hours a day in order to sustain my lifestyle this is insensitive posting this yeah, okay, I don't think is. um that was jughead's energy in this scene yeah Anyways, he was a uh, Veronica wants them all to meet her dad, and that's why she's inviting him over for the matchler. Um, and then Reggie pops by and is like, Archie, let's go to the hospital. Um, and uh, Archie agrees, and then Jughead's like, actually, I have to go to the south side. I was supposed to be there 30 minutes ago. He used to meet his peer mentor. I'm like, wow, south side, for as like shitty of a school as it is, they really have peer mentors for new students. They do. Um, so then that kind of moves into Betty and Kevin talking in the hallway. Um, and Betty, as we mentioned, is suspicious about the night jogging. <laughs> and um, Kevin's like, what? I'm trying to get in shape for wrestling. And is like, actually, I'm going to hook up with people in Fox Forest. And Betty gets homophobic. She has some homophobic time. <laughs> he says... Why can't you just use Grindem like every other gay guy in the world? So funny. It's so funny. First of all, obviously play on Grinder, which is hilarious. And even if it was like Betty, that's why are you encouraging him to use Grinder as an underage teen? Because that's what every other gay guy in the world does, Evan. Every single one understand that like in theory it is technically safer because you can like self-select but based on Kevin's past behaviors why do we think that grinder is going to be any healthier or like safer than meeting up with random men in the woods um because he's just going to meet up with random men he met online do you know the homophobic Betty Cooper mood board I don't think I do <laughs> definitely have it saved on my phone Anyway, uh, while I look for that, Kevin talks about how he's like, I like cruising because what you see is what you get and everyone's fake online. 
which like is a reason. It's, it's a reason. I'm obsessed with whatever like bitter gay wrote this plot line for Kevin. <laughs> um, and then Betty just says that she's just concerned about his safety and that um, she wants him to promise to not go cruising in the woods again until they catch the shooter, um, which he does approve or like a promise to. Um, and then we get a few shots throughout the scene of Cheryl just kind of lurking nearby. <laughs> we'll get Cheryl's back to that later. She's um, listening intently. She is. So then Archie and Reggie visit Moose in the hospital. Um, and Archie's like trying to confirm that the guy who, who shot Moose shot Moose and Midge is the same um, person that shot his dad. While Reggie is, he's just being Reggie and says, are your nurses hot? Cause like, what if you pop a boner during a sponge bath? Oh, Reggie's trying to lighten the mood, okay? And Archie cannot take a joke. I screamed when he said that. Um, then Mid shows up and basically confirms the, the same guy uh, and says that their eyes were very, like, vacant and seemed to have no one behind them. She said they're uh, the devil's eyes. They were okay, the devil's I just sent you, I just sent you the homophobic Betty Cooper move for. I'm so excited to witness this. I just want to say this, if, if this has such a cultural impact on me and it has 2,000 notes on Jumbo.com. <laughs> um, so just to describe it, Sam is laughing. So funny. It's like four pictures, so like, like mood board to like nine square pictures. The four corner pictures are just like Betty looking disgusted at different things. Um, the middle top picture is a tweet of someone saying, I'm not against gays, but you are so annoying. God bless. And then there's the straight pride flag. There's like an ant, there's like a gay flag with like a anti whatever cross over it. And then lose a turn symbol in uh sorry i don't remember exactly it's like crossed out essentially what the fuck you call that you know what i mean and then there's like a whisper image that says i hate gay people so much it's unreal and then the middle gif is betty's iconic quote i think it's also important to know that on this like whisper one the image it is on top of is two like women watching the sunset at a beach wrapped in a pride flag <laughs> Gave so much. It's unreal. Anyway, that's the that's a homophobic Betty Cooper mood board. So of course, when Betty said, "Why can't you use grind?" I'm like every other gay guy in the world. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I know this." Um. Yeah. And she's only she's this this plot line will continue through this episode. Um. Then Jughead makes it to Southside High, and apparently no one is too upset uh, that he was supposed to be there 30 minutes ago when he left <laughs> Riverdale High, and there's, like, different high schools, so I'm assuming relatively far apart, and he doesn't really have, like, a mode of transportation, so I'm assuming he walked between them. No motorcycle. Oh, I forgot about the motorcycle. Never mind. Anyway, we get, to see, we get to see Tony for the first time. Yay. Ooh, she is Tony the pure mentor who volunteered because she is also a Southside Serpent. 
Uh, Jughead starts asking about like if they have the, a newspaper, and she's kind of like, "No, what the fuck? It got shut down forever ago. This is literally it's honestly okay." Not trying to judge actual like impoverished schools in America. They made this school seem so bad. Like everything is dirty. Kids are doing jingle jangle like publicly. Like not even not even in the bathroom or anything. Um, there's a rival gang, the Ghoulies, um, who are there. Um, and sh- that so Tony's like, you need to sit with the serpents. Otherwise, the ghoulies, like, well, since you're alone, and Jughead still wants to self, wants to sit alone because, quote, I self-identify as a loner. Would like to finish his book in brood, is what he says. <laughs> um, I also love that Tony describes Jingle Jingle as a highly addictive gutter drug. Anyway, yeah. so then Tony says that uh, he should sit with the serpents because if... Um, the ghoulies find out that he's not really with the serpents. They'll attack him and they will, uh, quote, make you their bitch faster than you can say American History X. Yes, she did say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Archie is back at home and he's still convinced that the Black Hood will come back to finish Red off. And he's like, we should we should be armed. We should buy a gun. And Fred, good dad, is immediately like, no, we are not. We are not arming ourselves. Um, and is you know, anti Second Amendment king. Then uh, at Veronica's for Matchlorette premiere night, um, Archie's still upset and sulking. Um, and Veronica's like, what's wrong, Archie? Uh, and like talks to him at one point. Jughead says, "Archie going Travis Beck- Bickley is my favorite Archie yet." In front of Archie, like because Archie would never understand that. Um. Anyways, and- it was really funny to me because there's a whole plot line throughout this where the lodges are kind of a cab, but like in a bad way. We need the police cannot be trusted because they are not violent and vigilant enough. <laughs> yeah, so Hiram comes out and like very quickly meets Veronica's friends. Um, she's kind of just like, "This is Betty. This is Jughead. This is Archie." And uh, Hiram shakes hands with Archie very menacingly, <laughs> and he does say, "Police aren't always the solution." <laughs> um and um, suggest that maybe they need an added layer of protection to help save Riverdale I think this is entirely colored by future events of the show however I did uh in my notes say that the, the handshake between Archie and Hiram was quote homoerotic <laughs> I was literally gonna say that but again makes me question who who is it for anyways um uh Veronica talks about how back in their quote salad days whatever that means um that's what she says she says you know back in our salad days when we had a getaway on the cape all of us in our little cul-de-sac together or got together and hired private security to keep out the riffraff I don't know what she means where do they live in New York? I thought she said like 
back in our like whatever salad days that's what she said <laughs> oh my god last time i fact checked you live on the podcast i was wrong so when we oh why do we even have netflix on my bed okay um i will just believe women and say she said salad day hi this is allison coming in uh during editing so if you simply google the phrase salad days you will find out that it is a shakespearean idiom referring to a period of carefree innocence idealism and pleasure associated with youth which is clearly what Veronica is talking about. So she did say salad days and it is an actual expression. Evan and I are just very uneducated. Thank you. So then Archie uh, goes out to the garage and pulls out the little trunk um, where he's hiding his gun. And because the Riverdale lighters love some like foreshadowing symbolism, uh, it's hiding under a pile of comics. Um, but also one of the comic books is called The Red Circle, which will become important later. Uh, the next morning, presumably, Hermione is talking to Veronica and is like, I wouldn't, oh, because Hiram invited Archie to dinner uh, mm-hmm. last night. And her, Hermione's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go along with that dinner. Um, you're moving too fast, okay? You gotta go slow. Hiram used to not give a shit at all about your life. And now you're so desperate. She says, no need to be so thirsty, Veronica. Hermione kind of slays this episode. We'll get more to that later. Um, Anyway, so then a really short scene on her way to school. Uh, Betty drops off a package for Alice and is like, this is on the porch. And it just says Coopers and like Sharpie and really big on the package. And nothing else. And then I'm like, Betty, did you not find this suspicious? Um, anyway, so then Archie's talking to the football team in like a random classroom. Um, and being like, we need to form a like essentially a neighborhood watch association, is how he describes it. And uh Dilton is there for some reason, as well as the rest of the football team. And they're all like, oh, so we're gonna like beat people up. And Archie's like, no, we're nonviolent. Um, they're not vigilantes and Reggie says they're watchdogs and Archie says no they're the red circle (laughs) yeah and then everyone claps (laughs) they're like heck yeah neighborhood watch and the whole bus clapped Um, and then I was wondering why Dilton was there we just never got an explanation on that one so um Tony and Jughead are in uh, English, and they're talking about Fahrenheit 451, um, and the prof- the teacher is trying to get them to explain the title of the book to him, and Jughead, in his normal pompous way, explains it as, like, people are being disruptive, and his teacher responds and says, welcome to hell. Jughead goes up to the teacher after class and asks him about the school newspaper and if he can restart it. And the teacher says, like, send me some of your writing and I'll see what I think of your your writing style. Back at Riverdale, uh, Betty is again talking to Kevin about going to the woods. And Cheryl is again uh, eavesdropping on their <laughs> whole conversation. Um, and whatever, Kevin's like, 
whatever, kind of just like very dismissive about it. Um, and <laughs> Cheryl then approaches Betty once Kevin walks away and explains the whole situation because obviously Cheryl knows exactly what is going on in Kevin's psyche after overhearing two conversations. She says that Kevin used to be ugly <laughs> and now he's hot. So guess what? He needs validation because he's still that ugly kid on the inside and he needs validation even if he has to find it in the woods, even with a killer on the loose, even if you don't approve. I love Cheryl's inclusion because there's no purpose for this, but I loved it. Um, she's literally just here to stir the pot and it's peak Cheryl for that. She also call it says, so button down Kevin Keller has a sex drive. So what? It was very funny to me. Um, then Veronica tells Archie uh, that he's been invited to dinner with her parents and he like kind of resists for like half a second. She's like, and you're going. And he's like, okay. Um, and she said she's also kind of testing Hiram to see if he's actually committed to being a good dad for her. Uh, and she closes this out by saying, sadly, I don't have time to teach you Spanish, but I've selected some common phrases for you to memorize and practice. Oh, and can we not talk about the private army you're starting? Okay, thanks. She's late. She's late. Um, Betty gets home, and it turns out the very not at all suspicious package was a letter from the Black Hood, um, who, because before people were saying, we don't know if, you know, the same person committed all the crimes, but the Black Hood does say that he did all of it. And to prove that, he has Mrs. Grundy's heart-shaped glasses and Fred's wallet. Um, so yeah, and in the in the letter um, that the Black Hood wrote, the reason that okay, so like he's like taking out the sinners and the degenerates of Riverdale. So like Grundy is because she's a child predator. Uh, the Moose and Midge was because they were doing drugs uh, in the woods. And Fred is because he's an adulterer. Yeah. Which I, um, also, okay, okay, pause. Already. Uh, really, of all the people to take out, of all the sinners there are in Riverdale, you're taking out Fred Andrews for adultery when he was separated from his wife. I think, I don't, I, I think it was because he was dating Hermione while she was still married to Hiram. Okay, the Tina Hiram, who was literally in prison, not Fred, just having some consistent. I'm not saying I agree with the serial killer's analysis of the situation. I'm just saying I think this is what he's referring to, not his separation from his wife. Although okay. maybe both. Who knows? It is a, a crazed serial killer. Um, they do do like a fun voiceover of him reading the note, which I, I took note of. Um, and then uh, Mayor McCoy is talking to Sheriff Keller about the like letter. And he says that the threat is serious and that they they seem to be, like the letter seems to be authentic. Um, and then she asks Allison Hal to not publish it. And Alice is like, no, we have a duty to the public to report this. Um, and so then they're like, please give us like 24 hours to like get a head start on this. And they're like, we already sent it to the presses. Alice, fucking Alice. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, because you have a duty. That's why you want to publish uh -huh. it. 
Alice is just a messy bitch who lives for the drama. And that's what she's here for. Speaking of newspapers at South Sci-Fi, the teacher who I have no fucking idea what his name is, but no whatever, teacher guy, uh, no says that he will restart the newspaper if Jughead promises no drugs, no gangs, and Jughead agrees. So apparently this random English teacher is impressed by Jughead's writing, which is eh, fine. Um, so then, uh, Sheriff Keller confronts Archie in the middle of the high school hallway. <laughs> He's like, um, the red circle is stupid. Please don't do this. But Weatherby wanders by. <laughs> it's like, um, no, it's an official school organization. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Just because it's a school club doesn't mean that, one, it's a good idea, two, that they have, like, any sort of authority in Riverdale. No sense. Absolutely no sense. Absolutely no sense. It's crazy. Um, Back at Southside, Jughead is in the newspaper room, which is very old and very dusty, and he's, like, cleaning it out with Tony, who calls him a snowflake. She's like, you you found your place in the school snowflake? I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't think that's really Tony's character, personality. Jughead Jones, liberal snowflake. <laughs> Maybe she was, she was still a character in progress, um, but he does ask her to be the photographer. And she agrees, but then first appearance of Sweet Pea, known icon Sweet Pea, uh, shows up. He's he's a serpent, and he's he's like, you guys want to go hang out? And Jughead's like, no, I'm not a serpent. And Sweet Pea's like, okay, well, then you're on your own. You're on your own, kid. Um. Yeah, and he's like, we're not going to protect you anymore. And when the ghoulies figure that out, you're kind of screwed. Have fun. Anyways, so then at the Coopers, Polly is denouncing to her family that she's going to leave because uh, the farm still has space for her, so she's going to go up there. Um, And they're all like, why? Why are you doing this? And she's like, because there's a crazed killer on the loose that mom is provoking by publishing his letter who's targeting sinners. And Betty says, but you're not a sinner, Polly. And she says, I'm an unwed mother carrying my cousin's babies. I'm the poster child of sin, Betty. Obsessed with Betty saying you're not a sinner? It's like, even if you give Polly a lot of grace, I'm pretty sure, like, all the shit that has happened to her is not, uh, like, the type of person that the Blackwood wants in Riverdale. Yeah, it's not like a, it's not like a moral judgment of the universe situation. It's what a crazed killer thinks. Um, anyways, but the, the other Coopers are not happy with this plan, um, but Polly's going forward with it. She doesn't really care. Yeah, at the hospital, Kevin goes to visit Moose. Um, Moose thanks him, like says he saved him because he was there. And he's like, well, what what were you doing in the woods, though? <laughs> and uh, Kevin is kind of 
basically just is actually very honest about it. Um, Moose says that he's not sure that he and Midge are the best match. And Kevin starts talking about how he's not making good choices. Um, but I did like this because Moose validates his choices in a way and is like, listen, life is hard for gay kids in Riverdale. Um, you just got to do what you got to do to like survive and thrive in this town as, as, a, as a gay kid. He says, guys like us in a town like Riverdale, we don't have a lot of options. <laughs> I'm like, I do like, like, he was like, like us, like you, I'm like, mm, like us, like, mm. Mm, like us. He does invite, says that Kevin can come back and talk and hang out. So I think it's really cute. Um, Kevin's and Moose's relationship. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, anyways, so then Veronica is polishing some uh utensils to prepare for the dinner, and Hermione's like, Listen, you don't want to do this dinner, you're playing with fire here. Um, and Veronica's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I just want him to like dad to meet Archie and like us all to get along. And um Hermione like tries to remind Veronica that that's great for her and that's wonderful but Hiram probably has his own motives for why he wants to have this dinner um and uh you should keep those in mind and Veronica's just not here to listen to it um and Veronica and Hermione's arc at this episode felt very like it was just her it was kind of succession coded in a way yes I actually I actually at a later moment said like Shivroy. I want something to happen to Veronica. It was just like Hermione strolling in to be like, remember, everyone is here for their own reasons. Everyone has their own motivations. I was like, hmm. Was that a big player in succession? <laughs> Veronica makes a really good point and is like, well, you're the one that welcomed him back. Because like during season one, there were moments when it like they were like, no, like we're not, we're not gonna like accept him back. But hmm, hmm, that didn't work. Um, we quickly see like Archie paroling the streets with Reggie, um, which I guess is before the I guess the, oh the dinner's the next day. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's like he's a I don't know red circle shift I guess tonight. <laughs> um, Betty is at the red and black, and uh. She like goes to visit Jughead, and Jughead's like, I have like been my new article topic. It's gonna be about like the police couldn't figure out what the local branch of high of not Hiram Clifford Blossom's drug dealing was, and it's that the jingle jangle is actually dealt by the ghoulies, and it all comes out of Southside High. And Betty's like, oh, should you be writing this while you go to school here? Like, that's dangerous. Um, they start making out. <laughs> and then Tony walks in. And, ooh, this is like such a man, man. Because Betty brought uh, Jughead a kettle for the office. And Tony walks in, also brought a kettle. They should kill each other. They should fight. <laughs> honestly yes yeah um drama uh competition for Jughead it seems anyways then Hermione and Hiram are getting ready for dinner 
Um, and Hiram informs Hermione while zipping up her dress uh, that he can hear the conversation that she was having with Veronica in the dining room. Um, and he says, you're free to destroy your relationship with our daughter, but don't like do that with mine. He, um, at Pops, Kevin leaves for a nice night jog from Pops, which I'm kind of like, what? He's about that too. Pops? Why did you start at Pops? Like, what is? You don't have a, is, like, would you start your house? Like, I don't. <laughs> I'm confused by this. I'm also, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. Because then he ends at his house, which we'll get to in a minute. But, so obviously it's within one, whatever. Anyways, so Cheryl sees him at Pops. And he's running away and she goes, oh, Kevin, you precious, beautiful, compulsive piece of trash. Red. Red and cleared. Um, other Red him for <laughs> Other things happening on this ominous night is Ethel is walking on a very creepy street. It's like pitch blackout. I don't know what the fuck's happening, but She's walking and like um, this car starts following it's the her. Foggiest road to have ever existed. <laughs> this like car starts ominously following her. And she's actually very smart because she calls Archie. Um, and they like well, him and Reggie are like still patrolling. So like they have to turn around to find Ethel. And uh they do, they do find Ethel, and she says that the that the like van circled back three times while she was like trying to hide from it. So that's ominous. Um, also we find out Kevin is waiting in the woods and he sees two men walk by and he just follows them, which it does kind of beg the question if um there's such like a, a thriving uh cruising spot in Riverdale. <laughs> Oh, every night and every night he finds someone like that seems a little like improbable I, I know right like how many people are cruising in the woods while there's a serial killer on the loose anyways um so then Kevin hears a noise but um he like turns around because he's like what's going on and he's accosted by a flashlight but it's Cheryl and Betty and Kevin goes, for God's sakes, Betty, what do you want from me? Betty wants him to have more respect for himself. Um, Betty's like honestly very rude in this in this moment, but I have so I messed was up more, for that. I instantly paid attention to Cheryl's outfit though, because she was wearing this like cropped black sweater with a bunch of red hearts on it a black mini skirt and black boots and I was like okay tea and then I was like Betty you're so homophobic because she's like you don't have any respect for yourself like stop doing this like you need a change and Kevin says that she has no idea what it's like how many times did he have to listen do you want to do the whole quote I have this whole thing written down <laughs> so it's Kevin goes you act like we have the same set of options but we don't you live in this pale pink world of milkshakes and first kisses. And am I going to date Archie or Jughead? <laughs> Cheryl then interjects and goes, except when she's dark Betty. <laughs> um, and Kevin goes, right. 
uh, except when you're exploring your BDSM sexuality, which again, you're allowed to do, but I'm not because why? This is what I've got, Betty, me, these woods. So please don't come here and tell me it's disgusting. If you can't accept what I do, whatever I do, then we're just, we're not really friends. Full <laughs> time, okay, so this, this scene is dramatic and beautiful. My favorite part is Cheryl just stirring the pot in the background. It's like the happiest expression on her face the whole time. It's so funny. Freaking unnecessary. And honestly, like Kevin was not going to like attack Betty in that way. But Cheryl was like, um, like, I have another complaint. She's like, she's. It reminds me of that moment in Mean Girls where they're like doing the trust falls and Damien in the background is like, he doesn't even go here. Betty is a fucking hypocrite and homophobe and Kevin has never done anything wrong in his life and I support him. I am so on Kevin Keller's side this episode and Betty really needs to stop. It's so bad. Anyways, um, so then at Southside High, <laughs> um, Jughead is leaving the the red and black. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's um, not the blue and gold. It's not the blue and gold. Uh, and he like is getting ready to go, but he hears some noises, uh, and then he tries to flee, but then the door's been chained shut. Uh, and then, uh, like, in shadow puppetry, miming, whatever it's called, he's then beaten. Yeah. Um, so Fred, we're at Archie's house, and Fred is asked to Archie, how's the war on terror going? I'm like, Fred is so woke. You know, he like protested the Iraq war. Anyway, um, Fred, Fred voted against Bush. Bush. <laughs> so true. Um, he reminds Archie that Hiram is his business partner, still so, like, don't don't screw over Veronica, son. And Archie's like, no, I won't. Like, even if things don't work out, we'll be mature about it. Like, I won't do anything to offend Hiram. And Fred says that Hiram is a type of guy that will find a way to be offended if that's what he wants, which is a very good read. Yeah. Um, then Betty is attending to Jughead's wounds the next morning. Um, but it appears that he may have uh, disguised the true uh, cause of these wounds um, and told her that it was because of his motorcycle because she seems very upset about him riding the motorcycle. Um, and he says he hit a pothole, I believe, and that's what caused him to fall off and get like bruises in, on his face only. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the fact that she's like, with something like, you got to stay away from those creepies. And he's like, ghoulies. <laughs> um, and Tony is also there, conveniently. Tony is conveniently there. She's like, you don't have to worry, Betty, because like the serpents have Jughead's back. And Betty leaves and Jughead's like, yeah, don't, don't tell Betty what actually happened. We'll say Tony's outfit, also kind of a sleigh in her own way. Um, it's very like... <laughs> late stage vampire lord I guess is the best way to describe it 
Um, and she has like a beanie on and then two like aggressively large loose braids that have like dye streaks. Uh, a black t-shirt with black jeans on, a like uh, crystal pendant necklace, um, and then a flannel tied around her waist. She's giving like bisexual Tumblr girl 2016 core. Yeah, exactly. Um, at to dinner at the lodges, um, Archie's there and I just had to know that he actually wore a suit to this. And this is relevant. Why? Because in season one, when he like has to dress up, he's like going to Grundy's like mute, like her performance or something. Like, I don't know. And he wears a tie, but he wears this fucking varsity jacket over it. And that image is so ugly that it's burned into my head. And I'm like, wow, he must really care about Veronica because he's you wearing know- an actual suit jacket. You know where else he did that? To Jason <laughs> Blossom's funeral. <laughs> he wore a tie with his letterman on top <laughs> to that funeral. So you know it's serious if he's wearing a suit jacket to this. Um, My cat just threw up. Oh. Piper. Anyway, uh, uh, hi, Ron. Hiram like says like oh we heard you rescued the mugs girl that is not a good Hiram voice <laughs> um but whatever he seems like kind of impressed with Archie and like is being very nice to him which is immediately sus mm. he asks him if he's ever tried rum before and Archie says rum like the alcohol oh Archie no <laughs> Um, and Hiram invites Archie to the study to try some of the lodge whatever connected rum so that they can chat man to man yes Um, initially Veronica thought she was going to be invited to this conversation and Hiram had to tell her no it's just going to be the two of us Um, and so they leave and then Hermione in her infinite slayage just immediately starts gloating about the situation (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's just oh, iconic <laughs> poor little princess never allowed in the castle like and I said this was the chivalry moment <laughs> yes okay yeah it is chivalry it's a sh- full chivalry moment um I also said <laughs> I, I said wow Hermione's serving at like Carolina level right now <laughs> God, yeah. Um, so Veronica is sad because she's excluded. Anyways, um, then Betty saying bye to Polly as Polly leaves for the farm in a very short scene, which was odd. Um, and then Archie and Hiram get a little homoerotic, is what I wrote in my oh notes. My I have a comment about the last scene. So Polly is leaving in the middle of the night. Um and like Betty's just letting her go, which I guess she supports Polly escaping this. But I really like because uh, Betty's like, like she's sorry, like, like I know they're sorry about what they said. And Polly says she's always sorry until she does the next thing, which is very true about some people. Good quote. Good quote from Polly. Sorry, I missed that. Anyways, now it's time for Archie and Hiram to get a little homoerotic. 
Um, and uh, they talk about Veronica and the Red Circle while drinking some rum. Um, and Hiram tells Archie that uh, he is never to sneak into Veronica's room um, and never hurts him like the typical like protect overproductive dad speech. Um, but then he launches into a weird aside where he talks about how the Red Hood is very sweet and very noble, but evil does not uh, abide by nobility. And so if he wants the Red Circle to be taken seriously by the Black Hood, they might have to take things into their own hands. They got to go on the offensive. T. Um, Betty goes to Kevin's house. Um, and Kevin is, but Kevin's not there because mm. he is in the woods yet again. And it's like a, I'll just tell you, it's like a dream vision because Betty, or not Betty, Kevin like gets into this guy's car and whatever. And then the guy immediately stabs. He's very graphic and scary, but it turns out that didn't happen, believe it or not. Um, But it was like Kevin imagining what would happen if he got into this guy's car. So he's like, finally, like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. a little dangerous while there's a killer on loose and doesn't go in. And the guy calls him a tease. That was really funny. Um, yeah, so he definitely avoided something there because that would have been bad. Um, anyway, so then Kevin dry, jogs away and goes back home where he's met by his dad um, in the dark. Uh, and Keller, Sheriff Keller asks, asks where Kevin has been. And he said he was at Betty's. But then Sheriff Keller's like, um, no, you weren't. She was here. Stop lying to me. Um and he says, there are certain things uh, that we don't talk about, and maybe we should start talking about them, which was like a weird phrase to me. Because <laughs> it like, kind of implies that like Kevin is somewhat kind of in the closet, I think, but like clearly think, he's not. Yeah, I think that's kind of how I took it. Because I remember in season one, I was like, isn't he like closeted in season two? But I don't think that's true. I think he's more saying like, I think his dad thinks like he's so repressed and maybe if he could just be like a little more like himself, like in his day-to-day life with his like dad and stuff, he would not have to uh, feel the level of uh, self-hatred and uh, other things that might make him do these reckless actions. Yep. Anyways, um, then at breakfast, uh, uh, Veronica is talking to Hiram, um, and she has, like, uh, a smirk, and he uh, questions what that's about. So she says she wants to take a more active role in Lodge Industries, since she's a shareholder, um, and, like, wants to be more involved with the company, since, and, like, actually accrue power and stuff, um, which was, again, very chivalry coded and Hiram agrees and is like, yes, of course he should be involved. Um, the next day at uh, two schools, first we get our nice little monologue, ending monologue, and Jughead at Southside High chooses to sit with the serpents because I guess getting brutally beat up once was enough for Jughead to accept some protection. And, and at Riverdale High, um, Betty like, smiles at Kevin from like across the lockers 
And she kind of thinks like, oh, maybe, you know, Kevin had a change of heart, but Kevin totally blows her off and just walks right past her. Yup. Um, and then uh, Jughead in his narration says that fairy tales do not have happy endings to sum up those parts. And then we get the scene of Dilton Doily recording Archie in front of a bunch of shirtless men in red ski masks. Um, in which he's recording a message for the Black Hood saying that the red circle is coming for him and they're going to like get him essentially. Um, and then it cuts to Hiram watching this video and looking very pleased. Oh, Archie literally says, we will find you, hunt you, and end you. Which <laughs> See, put this out on the internet, Archie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Archie's thinking there. Um, but Hiram, it's clearly going according to Hiram's plan. Whatever that plan may be. I just want to, like, why is Dilton there? Also, why are they shirtless? <laughs> well, Dilton is there because, I mean, Archie bought the gun from him. So I think Dilton oh, is, like, yeah. kind of involved in this whole protection scheme. And then are they just, are they shirtless to make this episode even more homoerotic? Like, is that the purpose? Because the Black Hood's going to be scared of their high school boy muscles and, <laughs> <laughs> and never hurt anyone in Riverdale again. So true. Anyways, um, closing thoughts on the episode, Allison. Oh, it was a good one. Lots of good quotes. Man, I love the like Hiram Lodge stuff. Like this, this is why season two is top tier. We got we got a lot of good stuff coming. It's so good. The Hiram Lodge stuff is great. I love the Betty homophobic Betty story arc. Um, it's very okay. fun to me. Explain. Um, what was your favorite outfit this episode? Um, mine is definitely Tony's uh post beat up morning meetup fit. Oh my gosh, post beat up morning meetup. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was Cheryl uh hunting down cruisers in the woods. <laughs> and coincidentally, my quote of the episode was you precious, beautiful, compulsive piece of trash. That one was a really, really good one. Um, mine was definitely uh, Polly saying, I'm an unwed mother carrying my cousin's babies. I am the poster child of sin, Betty. Oh, Polly, I, when she comes back. Is she in all this season at all? Don't think so. Oh, rip to Polly. Rip to Polly, she, she justice for Polly. Honestly, justice for Polly. We're like, justice for Polly. She's the only smart person in this town who, when there's a serial killer on the loose, is just like, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What character should we do today? You have the list of ones we've done before. Oh, no, I don't. I don't think I updated it for season two. Um, okay. who haven't we done? Who is in this episode? Homophobic Betty Cooper. We done Betty though. Have we done Hermione? Don't know. Have we? I don't have we done Hiram? 
No, we haven't done Hiram because he's this is only like the third episode he's in. Yeah, I don't know if we want to do Hiram yet. I think <laughs> let's do Hermione. I don't think we've done her. Hermione. Okay. 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 Ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Oh. We agree. Okay, so we're doing the Kinsey scale, um, where we're rating a character where we think they fall on the Kinsey scale of human sexuality, um, which goes from zero to six, with zero being exclusively heterosexual and six being exclusively homosexual. Um, Allison and I both said that Hermione Lodge is a one. Uh, explain your thoughts, Allison. Um. So, like she's definitely straight like she has like yeah. very straight vibe but I feel like you know she's she's been she's lived a life you know I feel like I feel like she's made her way to a one at this point of her life I would agree I would agree no one can serve that much and not be at least a one um zeros don't serve that hard uh and she has always like a good catty response to everyone again not a zero trait um, she loves wine, loves her some wine, not a zero trait. So that's why I'm able to boop, uh, boop, 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 boop up to a one. I don't know what happened there. Um, it's just date, being married to Hiram Lodge and staying royal to, loyal to him is just, it's so straight. So that's, it's yeah. taking her. She's suffering. If she had simply left, she would have just rocketed up in those ratings. Oh, uh, okay. That's all, folks. I'm going to go clean up some cat vomit. And I'm going to go to bed because I have to be at work early tomorrow. Good night, America. You can... Uh... Reach out to us. Let us know what your thoughts are on the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Um, hear what your favorite iconic fits of the episode or your favorite quotes of the episode are. You can reach out to us at um, Cheryl's B-Words at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at Cheryl's Bitches or find us on Instagram at Cheryl's Bitches and TikTok at Cheryl's Bitches as well. So um, that is Cheryl's B-Words at gmail.com if you want to send us an email and Cheryl's Bitches on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check us out, please. <laughs>